Family Movie Night Podcast. This is episode 26. Here at the Family Movie Night Podcast, we want to help your family have better conversations around the content you consume. My name is Nathan, and as always, I am joined uh, by my co-host, Donnie Dorsey, Sawyer Hewlett, and Heidi Cooper. And today, we are talking about uh, just a, a wonderful film from Disney Animation. It's called Raya and the Last Dragon. It's available on Disney+. Plus, uh, and uh, we're going to talk about that movie in some detail in just a moment. But before we do that, Donnie, why don't you tell the people what we do on this podcast? So on this podcast, we encourage every family and community Christian church to have a monthly movie night to help you and your children build memories, start conversations that matter. The goal of our family ministry is to help you raise your children to love Jesus and his way of life above all other things. And we know that critical to that is for you to have a routine, regular time of connection and shared experiences that will help you build some stronger relationships. And, you know, movie nights are they're a great opportunity to do that because, you know, movies aren't just this easy way to share laughter and joy and, and fear and sadness in a safe environment. But I, I think more importantly, you know, they give us a chance to talk about what's important with our kids and stuff like that. And so on this podcast, you know, yeah, we're going to give you some recommendations for movies. Um, we all like this one today. Um, but more importantly, I think we're going to hopefully give you some ideas for some meaningful conversations you can have with your kids about this movie, whether it's during or even after the movie has ended. And as always, the point of this podcast is not to add one more thing to your to-do list as parents. We don't want you to feel guilty about not doing this. We just want to make it easier for you and your kids to enjoy being together so that you guys can build uh, positive memories and have conversations that matter. So throughout our time today, remember that we just want you guys to have fun together and spend time together. And we want to help you think through simple and easy ways to share your love of Jesus with your kids. And uh, we actually want to hear from you. So you'll see in the link of this podcast or in the video, wherever you're watching it, uh, ways uh, for you to get in contact with us. There's a link in the form. Uh, there's a form in the link that you can click and uh, let us know what we're missing, a movie you want us to talk about or something from a movie we've talked about that we just totally missed and you want us to go back and fix. You think we got it wrong and uh, maybe just a conversation you want us to have. We want to best serve you on this podcast. Let us know how right there in the link. Uh, so today we are talking about Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh, this was a pandemic movie. It came out March 5th, 2021, and uh, it was released both in theaters. My family went and saw it there, but it also uh, was released on Disney Plus with their premiere access, which I think they are no longer doing. It was that thing where you paid like 30 bucks and you got to see it at home and it was a whole thing. But here's what Ryan and the Last Dragon's about in case you haven't seen it. Uh, long ago in the fantasy world of Kumandra, humans and dragons lived together in harmony. However, when sinister monsters known as the Droon threatened the land, the dragons sacrificed themselves to save humanity. And the Droon would come in and when I guess turn you to stone just for the sake of turning you to a statue. And um, 500 years later, uh, uh, the the nations of this place of Commander, there's five nations, they are um, fighting over this, uh, trying to get a hold of this dragon gem, which kind of keeps the drone at bay. And they actually end up breaking it. And the drone come back, the monsters come back. And Raya, who is the daughter of one of the, like, I guess, chiefs of that nation, 
uh, ends up going on a mission to track down the last dragon and stop the droon for good. And all along the way, she makes a little, makes some friends. So uh, it turns out friendship was the last dragon all along. So uh, let's get to what we thought of this movie. Heidi Cooper, uh, was this the first time you watched Ryan the Last Dragon or had you seen this before? So I watched it uh, once with my kids a while ago and then uh, we watched it again. Um, and I, I loved it. I think there's still stuff that I want to go back. I want to go back and watch it again because there was more stuff I wanted to get deeper into. There's a lot going on. There's, It's kind of um, like kind of like comic comic esque in certain ways and then there's yeah. like a lot of really serious parts and yeah it's just a really good movie. Yeah, I would argue that um outside of uh well I don't even know cuz like you said it feels very comic book. I was going to say outside the MCU, I'd say maybe even more than most of those. This is some of the the most beautiful world building like the the yeah. every every different nation and tribe kind of looks very distinct and cool and the creatures are cool and the dragons are cool and I, I you know I, I I don't know that we need a sequel but man if they wanted to do a TV show or something out of this where you could just go and explore all those lands that'd be awesome yeah totally and the different follow different characters from each different tribe. Yeah, I just think it's absolutely beautiful. So I'm on the same page. I think it's funny. I think it's fun. The action's pretty good. It looks great. Uh, I am not a big fan of the kind of uh, Disney animation style, but this one in particular, absolutely gorgeous. So Sawyer, what do you think? I know you've seen this a few times and you're a big fan. Uh, what is it you love about yeah, Ryan the Last Dragon? I, I love this movie. This is probably my favorite like Disney animation studios. It's like ever since, I can't remember what the first one was. I think it was Frozen. Um, but like this is probably my favorite. I think of all these the movies. first one was called like Snow White, but no, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like since since they started doing their own 3D animation thing, oh okay. Uh, I think it was I think it was Frozen was the first time they they they're trying uh, to Tangled was before Pixar. that. Oh, Tangled, that's right. And Tangled's yeah. very good, but uh, but this is probably my favorite. Chicken I Little just, may also count. Oh, that's true. Dang. Um. Just, just, just keep going Either with way, your thing. Yeah, I love this movie a lot. Is the thing I, uh, you know, it. A, I, I, you know, you brought up the world building. It's really cool. The action is really cool. I think what I like most about this movie, though, and just because we're going to get into the story in in a minute and stuff like that. Like from an animation perspective, it's easily like the dirtiest, most lived in environment they've done yet. I feel like it. It feels very grimy. Like there's. There's an action sequence near the end where she's walking up these steps and you can like feel the dirt and the rubble on the camera almost. It is just, and it's like not an actual camera. It's really cool. I really like the aesthetic of this movie. I also really like the characters is the thing. Um, Raya and especially Namari. She's kind of a pseudo villain of the movie, but she's not really the villain. She's, she's misunderstood. Well, at coming from the villain of the podcast, I think all villains are misunderstood. Too. Yeah, exactly. But that's okay. That's all right. Uh, she is definitely one of the villains. Uh, so, Donnie Dorsey, uh, what did you think of this film? I enjoyed it. Um, I actually, this was the first time of me watching it. Um, the kids had watched it prior to, um, but they were very much in, engrossed in like the characters and like the probably more so the, they were gross like a lot in the scenic stuff. But for me, I just really, I mean, honestly, I was more 
like gripped by actual the characters that they brought in here because I thought all the characters had very unique characteristics of themselves and attributes that made them very captivating. You know, like there was, of course, like there's, you know, sometimes a comic relief, but also like said idea that there's some truth in comedy kind of thing. Like some people are like really can be really funny, but they can say something 10 minutes later. That's like groundbreaking, you know, stuff like that. So I really I honestly was very much the characters. I think they were very like the, the voice actors were great, all that good stuff. And um, yeah, and the backdrop just made it even more enjoyable. So, well, and I think this is a, a full what they call full four quadrant film where this is not just your young kids will love it, but I think teenagers will love this. Because uh, there's a lot of action and, like we said, fantasy elements, dragons. It's cool. So all of that will will really work. It's perfect for I've got a preteen and I got all the way down to a five year old, and they all love it for different reasons and are into it. So, uh, Ryan, Last Dragon, you should definitely watch this. Boys and girls, we think will love this movie. So, um, watch it with your kids. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about what the theme is for this movie uh, that we want to address, and it really is. Um, a movie that talks a lot about how to make friends from enemies, uh, how to turn your enemies to friends, which you don't even have to be a Jesus follower to know that is core to the teachings of Jesus, right? Jesus says over and over again, love your enemies, uh, uh, pray for those who persecute you, bless those who curse you, do good to those who do evil to you, right? That this is core to what it means to follow Jesus. It is impossible to follow Jesus and not learn how to love your enemies uh, and so this movie is gr is great for that. So I kind of give you an idea uh, just from the plot. If you've seen it, this will just be a reminder. And if you haven't, it'll just kind of let you in. Um, the reason that this dragon gym gets broken and that the monsters get out and that the world kind of goes back to a dystopian place is because our main character, Raya, uh, and this character, Namari, uh, who is the warrior princess from Thing. That's another one of the nations or tribes or however you want to say it. Uh, they, she ends up, Namari ends up trying to steal the gym, take it by force, and there's a fight over it. It ends up breaking, right? And because of that, the monsters get out. And so Rai is going back to try and collect the pieces because every nation got a part of the gym and she's trying to collect them and bring them back with the help of Sisu. And so every time she goes to one of these nations, she encounters people that she sees as enemies, but slowly throughout the movie, they actually kind of become a little Avengers type team themselves. And they're all bringing different things to the plate. Um, and it ends uh, with Namari herself kind of joining in, right? Kind of uh, turning and becoming part of this group, and that's how they end up saving the day. And so every time Raya, and this is the part we said Namari's kind of like the villain, Raya also in lots of ways ends up being the villain because it is her uh, unwillingness to trust another person from one of these tribes. It's her kind of assumptions and stereotypes about the people who live in these different nations, her belief that everyone is her enemy, that keeps her from working with people and kind of coming to this conclusion quicker. And in fact, there's kind of a central moment in the final act uh, where she, the whole thing could have been solved, but Raya kind of blows the whole thing up. 
because of her mistrust. And so we want to talk about this. How do you have conversations? And every time I watch this, I have conversations with my kids about what does it mean to love your enemies? What does it mean to make friends from your enemies? And so let's kind of talk from the beginning. And, and Heidi, I want you to kind of jump in on the beginning of this because we were talking before about the kind of assumptions that Raya ends up making about people and kind of about these different, you know, nations and tribes and all the different kind of places she goes. It's those assumptions and thoughts she has about people that ends up making them her enemies, right? That Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, the the one that stuck out to me the most was um in Spine when they were, you know, they were thinking they were the most vicious of all of, you know, the different uh tribes and villages. <clears throat> but they go in there and you know, it's real intense at first. And then you find out that the whole uh, nation has been frozen. You know, they've all been yeah, turned it's just stone. the one guy. And it's just the one guy. And, you know, I think that there's so many times that we build things up in our mind, our own fears and our own anxieties about, you know, people or groups or, you know, just different things that, yeah, that the happen bully in our at world, school. our boss, yeah, our boss, our coworker that, you know, we compete with or whatever. Um, and, you know, even with our children, you know, like we, oh, I don't know if I can trust, you know, all the people that my kids might interact with. But a lot of times the assumptions that we make are just wrong. And the threat that we perceive, you know, maybe is is not nearly as scary as we thought it would be. Um, we just had the wrong information or we were looking at it from the wrong perspective. So I think that was one of the things that stuck out to me there. Well, and I think, I think it's specifically in that story. One thing that I, I took from that, which goes to this is every person has a story and, and somehow when you know their story, your assumption may be right. Like this guy is tough and cold and vicious or whatever. But when you learn that he's the only one left and you learn that he lost his child and you learn that he lost his spouse you kind of understand why he became so tough and why he became this way. And so your assumption may be right. This kid at school who bullies you, what he's doing is mean and wrong and hurtful and that you shouldn't allow that to happen. But when you Mm -hmm. choose to say, I'm, you can treat me like your enemy, but I'm not going to treat you like my, like I don't have to agree with you. Like you can think I'm your enemy, but I don't have to agree that you're my enemy. If I love you and I learn your story. And I mean, every parent knows this often the kids who hurt people the most, are the ones who have been hurt the most. And when you right. when you teach your kids to interact with them, once again, because I, I remember having this conversation with this movie, um, one of my daughters said, you know, I know Jesus says that if someone hits you, you're not supposed to hit them back. But if someone hit me, I'm definitely hitting them back. And, you know, we had that. And what we ended up saying was, you know, there are other options. We're not saying just let someone keep hitting you. Go tell someone, a teacher. Go tell an adult. Go have a conversation. But for you to do wrong to someone who's doing wrong to you just increases the wrong, you know? Yeah. Go ahead. And if you look at the motivations too, like the motivations behind it, it's, uh, you know, you see, yeah, he is mean because he's lost so much, but he was probably mean before because of that fear of losing so much. And they all had that common that common theme of that fear of losing what they had. It was precious to them. It mattered to them. And how much is that like us, you know, in life that we, yeah. we have our little kingdoms and we don't want to lose anything in our kingdom. And so we have, you know, all of these 
little barriers and walls and, and things that we keep up to protect our kingdom and protect what matters to us. But in reality, you know, just like they couldn't control that, uh, we, we can't either. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And I think it's a way for us to have those conversations with our kid. And, you know, you were talking about kind of like our own kingdoms and stuff. And, and you see some of that in this too, of kind of, uh, there's a moment at the very beginning when the whole thing happens where Namari and so when the very first meeting of all these tribes, like the first meeting in a long time, they don't trust each other. None of the tribes want to talk. And and the chief, uh, Raya's dad's the chief. He gets them all together and they won't speak to each other. And they're throwing out the, all these assumptions of, oh, of course you want to do this because you've got all the money and you've got all the food and you get and like they won't speak. And Raya just walks over to Namari, this other little girl who's the princess, and they end up having this conversation and they kind of bond over what they have in common. And then she ends up taking her to see the dragon gym because she thinks I'm just I'm sharing something with you. And Namari ends up trying to steal it. And what she says is she goes, I thought you were my friend. And she goes, I, d- I am. But I have to do what's right for fame. She goes. And basically what she's saying is, I, I know I love you and we should all be kind and we should do this but I've got my people. I've already picked my people and I have to divide with you because of this arbitrary thing of where we live. And I think it really speaks to the way that we divide as people that what ultimately drives us to divide is not what makes us different. It's the fear that if I don't protect me and mine, you will come in. So I'll pick a reason for us. to Right. Right. and Donnie, you you were kind of talking about this before we got on. Can you talk to that to some degree of this idea of how this movie talks about how kind of the way we divide as people and, and how we kind of work on those things? So you want to talk to that to a little bit? Yeah, I mean, so like you watch how each of these, you know, different tribes and locations have their own reasons behind what they're trying to do. You know, they have motivations, they have, and in their minds, they have justified reasons for their actions, you know, and like, I think in so many ways, it's, it's really hard to kind of like to understand that in the sense of we're very quick to divide, like you said, in the sense to protect. Yeah. And our, our idea of protection means to protect oneself versus to protect what's best for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think you see that in this movie because even Raya as, you know, kind of presented as the hero has those villainous moments where she does things that she becomes so focused on, Hey, we have to lead this way. We have to be the one to lead the charge. We have to be the ones to do this. Even though our father was like, look, it's not about that. It's about bringing it as one because we're easier to it's easier for us to make you know movement and make traction and make and hit growth when we have more when we are when we are together and we're not so divided i mean it's the equivalent of like you know if you use a rake yeah it just creates sections in it right but if you use like a shovel you're going to get all of these things and you're going to get them all together at one time like now if you want to divide that's and that would be an intention and sometimes what they're doing they may be like, oh, we're, we're doing a great thing, right? You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to do this for us, but not realizing that doing for us sometimes diminishes the other. Well, and I think for little kids, they certainly feel this. Uh, I, know, I know my daughters feel this a lot of, oh, I can't be friends with her because we don't like the same thing. 
yeah. oh, I can't be friends with them because you know I like princesses and and she likes superheroes, or we can't we can't do this because of X, Y, and Z, and you know. Uh, and then obviously, as you get older, we'll divide over race and gender and nationality and all different kinds of things, obviously. But for little, and I'm just talking about how you talk about this to your little kids of saying those little things, it's not about finding common interest. It's about you're a person and I'm a person. We've been placed near each other. And the way Jesus would say it is, you're my neighbor. By the fact that you were just placed in physical proximity to me, that you're near me. That's the way we say it with our kids all the time. We end every prayer, you know, in Jesus' name, amen. And then one of my kids will say, and love your neighbor as yourself. And the other ones will say, love your neighbor as yourself. And then we'll say, and who is your neighbor? And they'll say, anyone who's around you. Any person who is near you, you are required to love. And it doesn't matter if you have these differences. And, you know, the, the thing I thought when I was watching this and she said, I have to do what's right for Fang. I know we're friends, but I have to kind of betray you because of what's right for Fang. It makes me think of this story out of World War One, uh, it's called the Christmas Truce or the Christmas Armistice. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but uh, World War One is is by far the, the most bizarre world. I mean, I mean, war because of just the way it was. It, it really was fought over these arbitrary divisions, yeah. uh, and these these nations are. I have a truce with this nation and you have a truce with this nation. And so because these two nations went to war, these two nations have to declare war. And there's the whole world in a war because of these just little tiny truces. And I don't really necessarily want to kill you, but I kind of have to because my nation said I have to come over here and do this. And so five months into the war in 1914, um, the uh, it's Christmas and uh, they, they just the troops themselves just kind of cause call a ceasefire. We're just not going to fight because it's Christmas. And what ends up happening is you have German and British and French and Austrian and Russian soldiers, all who are kind of from Christian nations. They all they all grow up in this. They go and they play soccer together. They uh, celebrate Christmas together. They take communion together. You have Christian brothers and sisters. They take communion together. And the nations of the world are frustrated. The leaders are like, how are they ever going to kill each other if they see each other as brother and sister? We can't have soldiers doing this. In fact, one sold one Austrian soldier refused to participate in the Christmas truce and said, This is the most despicable thing I've ever seen. These are our enemy soldiers. That Austrian soldier was Adolf Hitler. And uh he he very much wrote in his journal, This is terrible. How are we ever going to kill these people if we start to see them as brothers and sisters? And so they take communion together. They join together. We're Christian brothers and sisters. And then the next day they go back to their trenches and they start killing each other again. Wow. And it's just this, you know, you look at the state of our world and you just go, the, the, the fact that we would just say, hey, we belong to the kingdom of God, but we're going to kill each other over the kingdoms of this world. Uh, and I just think about for our kids, obviously that's not the place our kids are at, but they yeah. do the same kind of things. We divide over whatever we need to divide over and we'll just be hostile towards each other because I feel like I have to protect my group. You know, she said this about my friends. So now I have to say this about her. I mean, that's, that's every teenager. Yeah. I was <laughs> thinking know? about like when you were talking about that, I, I was thinking about Sisu like specifically like Sisu is, you know, in, in the retrospect of it, like is the powerful one, but also has the most insecurity and the most vulnerability. And it's something about what's interesting is that the most pivotal point in the movie came at when the person was the most vulnerable and the most willing to sacrifice. Like Sisu was ready to give up everything if she had to. 
She was willing to sacrifice whatever it meant yeah. because she knew that it was more important. It was bigger than her. Yeah. And I love that, like that semblance of that because you watch it and you go, that's Jesus. Like, that's yeah. what Jesus did. Jesus was like, no, like, I'm not here to fight you. I'm not here to try to pick sides. I'm here for everyone. This is an everyone thing. I'm here for everyone. And like yeah. that kind of like thing of you see when Sisu did that and through that was a lot of wisdom and a lot of kindness. And it's, and it was, and it's something about when you watch someone to sacrifice something and you focus on the sacrifice and the willingness to give up, it changes your perspective. Like when you, it's that moment of like, when you watch this movie, that's super like compassionate or talking about a really big thing. And you watch this one person make a huge difference. And you're so motivated after you're like, I'm going to change the world. I'm going out today. I'm going to do something, you know, and you're super motivated. And that's how we as Christ followers should be because we watch what Jesus did because Jesus changed the world by giving up everything. Yeah. I think that's huge for us kind of thing. So, well, yeah. So this gives us a chance to have that conversation. You're certainly right. Uh, Sisu, uh, is a very uh, self-sacrificial, loving. Sisu is the only character that doesn't come in with assumptions, right? So yep. she'll they'll go into these towns and rise like you can't trust people from Talon, you can't trust people from Fang, you can't, you know, you can't trust these different people. And Sisu's like, oh, I don't know, I'm going to go in here and do what I do, yeah. you know. And she's very <laughs> much this because she's willing to trust. In fact, the thing you talked about, Donnie, is there's this part at the movie where Raya talks to Sisu and says. Uh, you can't trust anyone because the world's broken and people yeah. are just going to do whatever. And then Sisu says, maybe the world is broken because you don't trust anyone. Yep. And there's this part of it, which obviously we know as Christians, we have to take that farther. So this is a movie where we have to take things farther. The movie does not have a Christian worldview, obviously yeah. very inspired whether they know it or not, because Sisu carries so much Christ-like qualities in her. Yeah. Uh, whether they know they're 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 kind of aping uh, Jesus-like qualities or not, it certainly is. But where we have to take the conversation is the 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 world is broken because human beings didn't trust God, yeah. right? That God says, "I'll protect you, I'll provide for you. You don't have to fear people, you don't have to fear anything." And we say, "Nope, don't trust you." And so now I'm not going to trust them and I'm not going to do this. So it's just an extra step of saying, hey, it's not just broken because we don't trust each other. It's because we didn't trust that God was right. In fact, and I'll take this, it should not be shocking to us that the world can't unite. It should not be shocking to us that nations go to war. It should not be shocking to us that teenagers, when you put them in a high school, are going to start rumors about each other and going to fight with each other and going to say terrible things and maybe even physically fight with each other because that's the nature of what sin does to us, right? And very much in this movie, like with the Droon, sin hardens us. Sin hardens us like a statue, makes our heart cold and makes it where we we turn on each other. In fact, that's the story of the Bible is, when humanity on our own will never unite and set aside our differences and love each other. And in fact, when God himself comes in the form of Jesus to be the person who says, hey, let's love our enemies. Let's let's lay down our lives for others. Let's 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 love people who are different than us. Humanity will kill that person. We will decide we are so against that. We don't want the only way that we can love one another is when we choose to say, I'm going to put Christ at the center 
and that we're going to get united around this. And Sawyer, you kind of talked about before we started, there's this moment at the end of the movie where they kind of lay everything down so that they can be united. It's kind of the big climactic tear jerking moment. You want to talk about that? Yeah. And like, so, and we've been talking about this already is the thing, but like the whole point of, I think, especially like Raya's arc is that she doesn't have a community and she's on a mission. And the whole point of the movie is that she can't even accomplish her mission without said community. And if that's not a, a, you know, the, the movie doesn't go far enough to make it explicit, but like, that's a very crystallized image of what the church is meant to be. We all have a journey that we're on towards Christ is the thing. Okay. And I am extremely guilty of at different times of my life thinking, I, I don't need the church for this aspect of my life. I only need the church for this aspect of my life. And I think what the movie, what you can talk with your kids about in the context of the movie is no, the, the point of like the church is that it's going to be there with you in your lowest moments is the thing. And so like, the, like there's a moment, you know, near the end where they're all basically going to lose the fight. Okay. That's essentially what's going to happen. And Namari, who is my favorite character, she's misunderstood. She's not a villain. Okay. Kind Says of Says the villain. Yep, exactly. <laughs> kind of has this opportunity where she can run for her life or she can be with this community and she chooses to be with the community and it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, and I think it really does hit on this. And and, and Heidi, I, I kind of want to throw it back to you uh, once more. We were having this conversation about the reason that this this group of enemies is able to kind of unite is because they have a single goal, which is we all want to fix this brokenness. And there's a part of that, that that is what the church is, is that we're united around Jesus. And that is 2 Corinthians 5 says, God has, Jesus has given us the ministry of reconciliation, of, of repairing what's broken. And it's centered around him, but that when, when people of every race and ethnicity and nationality and language, when we can get focused around, hey, it's not about what makes us different. It's about the love of Jesus that binds us. That's how we unite. Can you talk about how this movie kind of highlights that? Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> the fact that they're all divided and then the fact that Sisu is the one who her her um, dragon brothers and sisters trusted her and trusted her with their um, powers. And because they trusted her, she has this innate desire to trust people. And I think that that is very biblical and we can easily talk to our kids about, well, that's like how Jesus talks about, we can love others and we can serve others who may or may not look like our enemy at all, um, who we may or may not understand or be able to relate to, um, because we have been loved. It's not that they, we see them and, and they seem deserving. Um, we see good or we see bad or we see, you know, danger, or we see safety. It's that I've been loved. Therefore, because of that love, I will love first instead of waiting for the person to merit, you know, or deserve that love. Um, like Sisu did with trusting, with trusting people and being open to people. Well, yeah, and I think it is that we forgive because Christ first forgave us, right? We love because right. Christ first loved us. And when we become a group of people who my goal is to 
to love Jesus and help other people love Jesus and fix what's broken in this world, then I can work with anyone else who is also focused on that. Even if they used to be my enemy, even if they, my nation says they're my enemy, even if, you know, racially or ethnically or any other kind of thing, the world tells me this person should be my enemy. If we're all focused on loving God and loving people, we can work together and we'll do even more beautiful things than we could ever do on our own. And I think this movie kind of leads us to that conversation. Here's the final thing I want to hit on that I think is just huge is Raya's big problem in this movie is the fact that she won't trust Namari. And obviously, uh, Sawyer and I have been joking about who's who's the actual villain. I actually think this movie in several ways could be read as Raya is the villain. Um, and it's her inability to trust, but really what it comes down to, it's her inability to forgive. She won't forgive that she was vulnerable and, and brought Namari into her life and Namari betrayed her and she won't forgive. And what I thought about when we were having this conversation today is the biblical parallels to this, to the story of Jonah. Uh, the story of Jonah is often misunderstood in the Bible. We often think that, uh, in case you don't know, Jonah's a prophet of God. He gets called to go to an enemy nation, right? To go to Nineveh, which was an Assyrian uh, city, and to preach, hey, God is calling you to repent or your city will be destroyed. Now, we often think that the reason he didn't want to go to Nineveh is because he was afraid of them, right? He thought his safety was in danger. But the biblical narrative, in fact, Jonah says at the final end of the story, uh, the reason I didn't want to go is because, God, I knew you would forgive them, that if they repented, they wouldn't get what they deserve. And I want them to get what they deserve because the Assyrians had destroyed the Israelites. Jonah is willing to run from God. He ends up getting willing to be eaten by a whale. He finally does go to Nineveh and preach. He gets frustrated. The Ninevites actually repent. And that all happens all at Jonah 4. And then Jonah chapter 5 is Jonah sitting under uh, this bush and he's just mad at God. He's depressed. And he says, I knew you were the kind of God who was so gracious and so forgiving. If anybody would turn to you, you'd forgive them. And Jonah is mad about forgiveness. He's mad about grace. He's mad that people won't get what they deserve. And Jesus becomes the true Jonah, uh, which is he's the one who, who goes into, as Jesus would say, he goes into the grave like G Jonah was in the fish uh, the, for three days. Right. And when Jesus comes out, Jesus is wanting to forgive and he's wanting to offer grace. And I think being able to say to our kids, it's okay that you may not want to forgive someone. It's okay that what someone did to you was so hurtful that you don't want to. But following Jesus is not always about want to, it's about what he's done for you. And Jesus forgave you. So we're going to forgive. And if you choose to forgive, you can get on the other side of this and see that God's forgiveness is sweet. That there is a truth that when, when Jesus says, forgive uh, as, as you have been forgiven, or when he says, unless you forgive, you won't be forgiven. I don't think it's Jesus saying God is waiting to say, oh, I can't wait to not forgive you. So if you don't forgive, I'm not going to. I think what Jesus is saying is, is you won't want forgiveness if you don't want to forgive. Because what, what it means to live in the kingdom of God means that you want to live in a place where mercy and forgiveness is it. I said this to one of my daughters about, um, they were saying the other day, we got, uh, I think I shared this on this podcast, we got cut off in traffic and they got really mad at the other uh, driver. And I said, you know, if you want to follow Jesus, what that means is you want to live in a world where people don't get what they deserve. You want to live in a world where we do good to people who will hurt us.
that you want to bless people who would curse you. And I said, if you don't want to live in that world, you don't have to. And God won't make you. And so that's what Jesus means when he says, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven because the way we're forgiven is we live with God and people who live with God, they forgive. And so this is a, that's a very complex thing to get in with our kids, but it's so important to teach them that loving Jesus means we love like Jesus. Being forgiven by Jesus means we forgive. Forgiven people, forgive people. And I think that's just absolutely huge. This movie will get us to it. So we have a couple seconds left. I want to get us to here at the end. So we haven't done this. We didn't start with an opening question. So I want to end with just 60 seconds. Anything that you love about this movie that may not even, it's just a fun thing that you thought was great about this movie. I'll start off. I'm going to take everyone's favorite thing. Tuck Tuck is the greatest movie creature of all time. That is the coolest, cutest thing I've ever seen. I want one of those, whatever you would call it. It's like a, armadillo and a pill bug mixed like rolls around absolutely wonderful and once again alan tudyk just doing the best uh voice over so love tuk tuk uh heidi what's just your favorite thing from this movie what what, what do you like oh it's the bad baby oh bad baby that little bad baby yes yes and is. his and his little mo- or her monkey companion her monkeys yes yeah. they're all so bad and so adorable and i want all of them <laughs> absolutely absolutely sawyer i mean you already have said you you, you want to be namari i will say my yeah. oldest daughter has said already that's the haircut she wants uh so yeah absolutely cool. all of the people from fang are awesome I'm always going to shout out my girl, Sandra O, okay? It's yep. been like multiple podcasts now that I've shouted I've never seen Grace and Adam, but Sandra O is great. Um, let's see. I also love Raya's sword. Raya's sword is one of the yeah. coolest movie swords out there. Absolutely. Donnie, you get the final word here, man. What uh, What's your favorite thing from this movie? I, I got to echo Tuck Tuck. I mean, that just, that was, that was just fun to watch. Like as soon as like when they were going through those like little uh, moments where they're trying to get away from Namari and the the village of people and they're just gone. Like, and then you just see this rolling. It's like, oh, look at the little roly poly. It was was just fun to watch. It was. I I also want to know what Boone's soup tastes like. I just want to know, is it actually delicious or is it something (laughs) else? I would live on his house, on his boat. Like I would live that life instantly that is the perfect life absolutely absolutely gorgeous all right well hey we hope you guys watch this movie we hope you have great conversations about what it means to love your enemies with your kids it's so central to uh, what it means to follow jesus as you're teaching your children to love jesus in his way of life even more we'll see you guys next time